Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 0-2 with two outs. Bases full of Marlins. He comes set. And the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss and he got him. Strikeout of Miguel Rojas will end this game. And Sir Anthony Dominguez, well, he made it interesting. But the Phils able to hold on and get the win here tonight. His fourth save of the season. And the Phillies, a victory tonight over the Marlins 2-1. Well, thank you, Greg Murphy. They had him all the way. Not a not a moment in doubt last night as uh, Sir Anthony loads the bases in the ninth inning and then gets out of it, as you see, with the strikeout. Good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, good morning, Ricky Ricardo. Good morning, Glenn. How are you? I've been looking uh, forward to this, my friend. Thank you. I'm doing yeah. fine, pal. Um, you and I spoke last night, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think – well, let me be this way. You and I have done – beer shows together you've yeah. been nice enough to be a guest on my beer tv and uh, podcast but we've never done a regular shift together am i right no. it's been a long time coming we've spoken about doing this at some point but it's finally here so uh it's 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 gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it as i as i said it, it's a, a lot to talk about although you know we're in that time of year where we're in kind of that uh, that sports purgatory, but uh, there's still lots to talk about. So for the next three hours, folks, buckle up and uh, let's have a little fun. All right, let us start. We'll start with the Phillies. As you said, a lot to talk about. Some good guests today, uh, and let's start with the highlight. Brian Westbrook is going to join us uh, in the 11 o'clock hour. We'll explain what that's about to you. But last night, Phillies end their four-game losing streak. They beat the best pitcher in baseball, Sandy Alcantara, who, by the way, was was pretty good. But the key to the game, Rick, is that Kyle Gibson uh, hung in there. You know, the Phils are down one nothing, although it felt like about 6 to nothing. And Kyle Gibson, who's been slumping, really got back on track. And, and to me, that was kind of the key to the game. Big start for Gibson and the the new Miami Stadium. Not the old, you know, where they used to play in the old football stadium. Ah, I missed that uh, big uh, statue, whatever you call that thing out in the outfield. Landshark. It had about ten different names over about No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the fountain with the dolphins. Oh, you the, mean the, that... uh, the the piece of art. Well, that, art, that was... art is loosely. Called... <laughs> that was I wouldn't remo- call it that, but yes, I miss yes, seeing that. That was removed by the ex-CEO, Derek Jeter. Yeah, good uh, but uh, that, that place has been a house of horrors, as you know, Glenn. Uh, for the Phillies, so yeah, you you kind of expected something to go wrong last night, but Gibson was dynamite against uh, Sandy Alcantara, who will probably be, if if Kershaw, 
who had a perfect game going into the eighth last night against the Angels, if Kershaw is the opener for the National League in the All-Star game on Tuesday, you would think that Alcantara might might come in right after Clayton Kershaw. He's that good uh, as far as National League starting pitchers are concerned. So that's a huge win last night. The ironic thing is that uh, it's JT Realmuto. Uh, hold has on. The big, you let, know. Let, let me tee this up, Rick. Yep. Because as you say, they're down one to nothing, uh, and you kind of you kind of said what happened, but let's play it. Bill Strick still trying to push one across here in the seventh. The one-two pitch, ground ball, hard hit, and past the diving third baseman Anderson. That will score Hall, and it goes all the way back to the wall. So JT Realmuto cruises into second. He's got himself a double. It was just past Anderson, who may have had a chance at it, but it would have been one heck of a play. As you say, that was the big hit, and he had a big game with three hits. Mm-hmm. And I think you used the word ironic a moment ago. Uh, certainly um, comes after the controversy. So let, let me run this by you and see how you feel about it. All right. See if we feel the same. Because everybody knows what happened uh, last week when uh, it was disclosed that he could not travel to Toronto with the Phillies because he had not been vaccinated, and he talked about it last week, and Listen, at this point, people are vaccinated or not, and I, you know, I, I have my own opinions on it. You do. I don't even think that's relevant anymore because nobody's mind is changing. But where he stepped in it is when he talked about, well, I have to give up a little bit of salary, which came out to $263, which in nobody else's world counts as a little bit. He did try to walk it back. Well, I don't want to say. He walked it back last night. I'm going to read you his quotes. You tell me what you think. He said, I wish I hadn't used the words little bit. When the thought little came into my mind, it was over the two games compared to the 162-game season, not the amount of money. I didn't mean it to come out that way. My logic for saying it was about the games, not the money. Hey, I'm from Oklahoma. I was raised on zero money. My family made no money till me, so I know how much money that is I forfeited. I know it's a lot of money. My point was money not going to was that money was not going to make the decision for me. Um, does that work for you? 263 G's, huh? Yeah. I think 263 G's to the blue-collar average fan that goes to Citizens Bank Park that's a loyal Phillies fan. Glenn, is it safe for me to say that that might be uh, maybe for some families three years worth Uh, of income? Or maybe average. I think the average family income in Philadelphia is like 50,000, so it's... It's theoretically five years for a lot of So people. you're talking between four and five years' worth of the average fan's annual income. So mm-hmm. to put the term little bit of money, it just sounds so pompous to me. That's the first thing that grabbed me when I first you know, heard those comments. And coming from, from a guy like Real Muto, who his persona, Glenn, and, and do we really know JT Real Muto? Is there much more beyond what we see uh, as the very quiet, go-about-his-business type of guy that we, you know that, that at least we see on the surface. So this was really the first time we've scratched the surface of a guy like Real Muto a little bit, and what came out uh, still is uh, the, the stench is, is still hanging around. Is uh, that okay? Well, then you, you and I view it a little bit differently mm-hmm. because he stepped <laughs> – you mentioned the stench. He stepped in it. We, yes, we both did. know. We know the metaphor we're working on here, right? right? He clearly stepped in it, and it was it was it was so ill conceived, and it was so um, 
I don't want to say hurtful because nobody was hurt, but it's 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 really bad optics for a guy like that to to talk about a little bit of money. That said, he tried to apologize last night, and Rick, I I don't know what what more I can ask of the guy. I'm I'm not about holding grudges. Um, you think it was not sufficient? Uh, whether it was sufficient or not, he hit. He hit a nerve when it comes to, especially during these days, these, we're living in hard times, Glenn. So for that, that fan who's saving money up to take his family of four to a game and watch a team that is battling for a playoff spot, that has taken on the personality of the managers, a lot of good things that have come of the post-Girardi Philadelphia Phillies. So... I, I maybe forgive isn't the word I'm looking for. Look, he, he did his part last night to win the game, although I think he has underproduced for the kind of contract that he signed. And then moving forward, that's going to be an albatross at some point for the organization. It's a lot of money for a guy who's maybe not as good as we all thought he was. Uh, but I'm not looking for an apology. I, if he's going to walk it back, walk it back with a few more games where you, you know, contribute to wins. That's going to be the best way he can clean this mess. Yeah, I, I would. I think first of all, I think more people are probably see this the way you do than I do. I mean, Howard just got a couple hours out of righteous indignation there, and and I think most of the people who called agreed with him. Um, and I also think, as you're kind of alluding, the amount of forgiveness depends on how well he plays. You know, that's 698 OPS as we're now more than halfway through the season and the defense that isn't as good as we thought it should be is, is ain't going to help him. Um, anyway, I, I'm of the mind to kind of let it go, but I imagine a lot of people are not. And, and Rick, I, I, I'm going to try to do this really quick and feel free to say whatever you want. Uh, it is, it is just a shame to me that everything is political these days. People come to the station by and large to get away from politics and everything from, I mean, sports becomes politics when it's this, when the Flyers trade for a guy who's made political waves. Health care is about politics. Yesterday, if you were if you're following the news yesterday, South Philly cheesesteak institutions became about politics. It's it's that's it. That's all I got to say on that. Well, I, I, I we agree there. Uh, you know, this is a place where you come to get away from the craziness. But but of, you can't of, but, sometimes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to escape it's it. Politics. It's everybody's on their team. It's blue, it's red, and everything relates to politics. All right. I'll tell you one thing, Len. Yeah. I remember a time in this country where it didn't matter where your politics landed. We all, some way, somehow, ended in the... I'm more of the Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan, whether we disagree politically during the day, let's have a cold beer. That's right. right? And That's where I I, fall. I think you and I should take that literally. There you go. Okay. Um, I'm watching the game last night, and I'm watching Mickey Moniak be so outmatched, Ricky. Yeah, overmatched, and, absolutely. Uh, and I, I ran the numbers this morning. Phillies have had five guys this year who have played center field. Um, Odubel Herrera, Moniak, Matt Veerling, Roman Quinn, lest you forget, and Mercado, who played a game, so I don't know that he counts. But if you take those five guys, they're a combined two twelfth batting average with just 33 RBIs in 392 at-bats. Rick, they haven't had a center fielder since Victorino. Correct. Um, Trade deadline's coming up. 
When you and I did a little pregame talk last night, we said let's talk about some some trades. That's my top priority for the Phils. I don't know if that's yours or what do you think they ought to be looking at? Here's the guy I'd love to see roaming center field for the Phillies. And I, and I choose this particular player because you're going to need a guy who can be as close, and you're not going to get it, but as close to a Gary Maddox as possible. And what I mean by that is to help out your slightly inferior defensive corner outfielders by covering as much ground into both gaps, into left center and right center. As Ray Dinger originally wrote, the line has been attributed to others, but it was Ray Dinger's. Two-thirds of the earth is covered by water. The rest is covered by Gary Maddox. Exactly. And, and you're, close, looking, you're looking for a guy who can at least cover a couple of the Great Lakes. The closest thing out there to me that can be had is Michael A. Taylor who is now with the Kansas City Royals. We saw plenty of him with the Washington Nationals. He's a decent right-handed bat with a little pop, but he is going to help both Schwarber and Castellanos immensely with the way he can cover ground in both left center and right center. And for what the Phillies have to offer, let's be honest, Glenn, they don't have a lot in the cupboard to be able to to, to offer another team. And for the the, um, Royals, uh, to make a deal right now, you, you really just have to tickle them a little bit. You don't have to overwhelm them. Just tickle them a little bit. But that would be a guy who is not going to cost you a lot of money, who is a dynamite defensive player, right-handed pop, some speed. That's a great uh, name. And, and a guy that knows the National League East from his years with the Nets. I won a gold glove for the Royals yeah. last year. Yes, he did. I had not thought of that name because everybody always says, oh, Ben Intendi, you should go for Ben Intendi. And Ben no. Intendi to me is just another corner, decent average corner outfield. And he has, he's not vaccinated either, Ben Intendi. By the way. Well, they better not play Kansas City. <laughs> they better not play Toronto in the World Series. You know what? That's going to be – well, I don't think Toronto's getting in the World Series, but if they were, that would be a huge issue. I like that, Michael. I had not thought of him. And That's I'm the not, guy. You know, I'm looking at all the names and so on. I mean, he's not a great offensive player, but you don't need that, man. You can you bat him – he's not horrible. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. He, he can steal a base – He'll hit 10 home runs a year, uh, but, boy, he is. He's a terrific gold-glove outfielder. That's a really good name. And, you know, like I said, with what the Phillies will have to give up, he's the perfect guy. I, you know, Kansas City, like I said, is, is not going to demand much for him. They've got some young players that they want to bring up and take a look at for a couple of months. So by August 2nd, I'd love to see Michael A. Taylor in the Phillies outfield. I like that. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Real quickly, uh, you are one of my favorite baseball guys. You are the Spanish-language broadcaster for the New York Yankees. Had a little, mm-hmm. little Yankees-Red Sox action last night. Oh, Man, you are. God. You're working triple shifts these days. Four-hour game again last night. Oh, dude, that's Who would have thought? Okay. <laughs> so that may lead to what I want to ask you, and I'll ask our callers, too, 215-592-9494. Ricky Ricardo, a guy whose baseball opinion I very much trust. What's the biggest problem with baseball these days? It, it reared its ugly head again last night. And as it was happening, the first person that came to my mind was you and this conversation this morning. I think I mentioned it to you when we spoke yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. But our old buddy Aaron Boone, who is the manager of the Yankees, who grew up in the clubhouse area of the vet. Aaron, who is as big an Eagle fan as you're going to find, son of the great Bob Boone, need I say more. 
But again last night, Glenn, again, he got ejected. And remember, Aaron Boone has a pacemaker. Pacemaker, yeah, He's told, all right? And yeah. he blew his lid again at the home plate umpire over the strike zone. I've watched this progress all year long. I think one of the major problems baseball has right now is the inconsistency of the umpires in general. Look, the, the mess gets cleaned up around the bases when they go to replay, okay? And I'm watching every time there's, a, there's an appeal, nine out of ten times it gets overturned, okay? There is a blatant mistake. But the strike zone for different hitters, different umpires is out of control. I think, Glenn, it is time for the electronic strike zone. We have the technology. Mm -hmm. Use it. The technology is making the fact that we have it. And you see in that little square box. Well, that's part of the problem. There you go. The little so, square box is what makes it even worse because now everybody sees every mistake. Everybody ball. sees the mistake that I, the umpire is making. And I last night, it, yeah, Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton are six feet, seven inches, six, eight, whatever they might be. The strike zone is different for a guy like that as compared to a Jose Altuve or, or somebody more average height in the middle. And I've seen this just all year long, game after game after game, with these managers, not only Aaron, it's been across the board, but managers getting upset, hitters getting upset at the home plate umpire. They step out, they look at the, uh, you know, it delays the game even more. If you're looking at pace of play, I think it's time to take the strike zone out of the hands of the home plate umpire. Look, he's still going to be there. There's not going to be a loss of jobs. The union's not going to yeah, lose. Yeah, a yeah. There, there, there are plays at the plate. I get it. Hey, yeah. you know what? I don't disagree. And I think it's a problem in all the sports. And the reason it's more of a problem in all the sports is the technology is so good that yeah. the camera catches all the mistakes. That's why it's not that the officiating is worse. I mean, maybe it is because of egos and so on. But I generally think what it all relates to is we at home watching on TV – can see better when it's a ball or a strike than the ump. We can see in football when a receiver steps out of bounds Correct. easier than the guy in the field. We see it in super slow motion in the NBA when a guy gets hacked. It's why umpiring, uh, officiating in all leagues is worse, and it's why all the leagues have to follow that. Let you me know, sneak. Yeah, go ahead. We watched. We saw Doug Harvey, Harry Wendelstead. Eric Gregg, some of the great umpires that you and I grew up on, we don't know how good they were at calling balls and strikes because there was no box. Yeah. And then I, some of those guys you were might, You might leave Eric up. Gregg out of that. Well, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's sneaking Rick, Rick in West Philly. You're on with Ricky Ricardo and Glenn Macnow. Hey, hey, Rick. Ricky with us? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand what the problem is with the um, Jason Rito thing because I think is this. To him, it is a little bit of money. I understand that. It doesn't bother me. So I'm trying to figure out. Well, why you're magnanim You're more money. magnanimous than the entire rest of the world. Yeah, well, that's because the rest of the world probably jealous because he's making this type of money. Well, the rest of the world is jealous because they believe they pay his salary, and therefore they don't want to be reminded yeah. that yeah. don't rub that in my 000. face. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I'm see, like I said, it doesn't. Why does it bother y'all? Because y'all have to buy the ticket. Okay, 
I, I, it's this is not an argument I really want to have with you. You can feel however you want on that. That's that's up to you. Uh, coming up, by the way, let let me uh, tee up a little bit more of the show because we got a lot of good a lot of good stuff coming up. As I said, uh, we're going to be joined at eleven o'clock. Brian Westbrook uh, has written a book along with uh, our mutual pal Leslie Van Arsdale, mm-hmm. uh, local TV vet, uh, children's book, and we're going to talk about that. We're also going to. Of course, take the opportunity to discuss with Brian what he thinks about the Eagles right now. We're also going to be joined at noon by Anthony Sanfilippo, who really uh, does the best Flyers coverage out there of anybody these days. His Snow the Goalie podcast is an essential. And I just want to say, because I, I love hockey and I follow this stuff and I feel for these fans, and if you look at what the Flyers have done since April, Rick. It's um, a joke. I mean, I don't know that I want to go through the whole checklist. And some of it had to trade Giroux, but then the season ends and they trade for Tony D'Angelo this week and they buy out Lynn Bloom and they signed the worst forward in hockey to a four-year deal and they pass on Goudreau. guess I buried the lead there. Um, and it's almost like they're sitting around in an office every day, the general manager, and saying, how can I alienate the fan base? So... You and I will express our sympathy to the Flyers fans, and we will get righteous outrage as the show goes up. Absolutely. 215-592-9494. Coming up, um, well, maybe one of the greats of the greats may have had his last moment at a um, huge tournament yesterday. We will talk about that. 215-592-9494. With Ricky Ricardo, I'm Glenn Macnow. Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The emotion. He's been a great champion, hasn't he? He is a great champion. Well, that ovation went on for about two minutes yesterday. That's Tiger Woods walking over that landmark bridge at St. Andrews at 18. Uh, Start of the day at 6 over, finished the second round at 9 over. Tears rolling down his cheeks as that applause uh, engulfs him. It was a very moving moment to me, Rick. And it was also kind of the... I don't want to say the guy played too long, but you know, like, that's it, right? That's the swan song? It reminds you of that very same walk with Nicholas, with Palmer, and now with with Tiger Woods. You know, how long is too long? He Look, he, Glenn, he was in pain. It's not just the fact that, uh, yeah. you know, that the years are going by. Yeah, you know he he. Yeah, his aging was compounded by his injuries. Absolutely, the uh, the traffic accident you you know uh, took whatever comeback may uh, made that may have been in him. I think it's taken that away. Um, but to what and then to listen to the words yesterday, you know, St. Andrews is probably after Augusta is probably Woods is. Second favorite course in the world. Won it twice there, right? I yes. 2000, 2005, something like that. Yeah. He loves that place. Um, and like you said, the, the warmth uh, of the ovation. Uh, but simply from an athlete's point of view, you know, to, to, to know. I mean, he missed the, He didn't miss the cut by a stroke or two, Glenn. No. I mean, I mean, you just mentioned it. Nine over. Yeah. Where the, well, the leaders are, what, 13 under? Uh, something like that something yeah yeah and, double and digits we're gonna see the same thing not well more or less this week when albert Pujols makes his appearance in the well the home run derby which is whatever a little awkward i think he's got six home runs this year but in the all-star game and it's the same kind of thing where i rick i don't begrudge a guy for staying um there's a great line that jim bouton once had I don't know if it was in Ball 4 or one of his other books, but he said, all those years I felt that I was gripping the baseball. At the end, I realized it was the other way around. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, if I could do that, right? If you had that skill to be, to, play, to be playing at St. Andrews, right? To be playing in front of a crowd of people in Major League Baseball, to be hitting, what does he have, 685? 85, yeah. Yeah, right? I mean, you don't want to let go of that until you have to, right? It, it's hard. It's got to be tremendously difficult. Uh, and I've gotten to know Albert Pujols a little bit over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, he is back with the Cardinals. A lot of people were critical of him when he signed that big money deal. And how foolish does that look, the uh, the deal that yeah. Artie Moreno and the Los Angeles Angels yeah. signed him to? Uh, they paid him for what he did exactly. with the, for, the, for the Cardinals all those yes. years. But he is back with the team, you know, uh, from which he first got to the major leagues and became the great Albert Pujols. And it's symbolic, I think, Glenn, that he is in the home run derby. He is, of the active players, obviously, number one, 
with 685. Everyone else is uh, is retired or no longer with us on that list. But it's almost the passing of the, of the torch because you you've got a young Dominican kid in the in the uh, Seattle center fielder Julio Rodriguez that's competing against him in this competition on Monday night. So it's it's really the old guard passing the torch to the new guard. You know, how do you say no to the home run derby you for a, you know to a guy that has 685 right. home right. runs? Or the and I think that uh, listen, I don't like Rob Manfred at all, but when he when he put um, him in the All Star game, yeah, along like, with Cabrera, yeah, along with Cabrera, right? It's it's a career thing. Let me give you let me give you three amazing Albert Pujols stats. This is. Courtesy of a friend of mine, Ryan Spader, who's on Twitter as the Ace of Spader, and he's just a stats guy, Rick. You should follow him. Yeah. All right. Number one, Albert Poole has a hit off of 10% of all of the players in Major League history ever to throw a pitch. Wow. 10%? Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. Two. Uh, Albert Pujol, in his best offensive season, Ken Griffey had an OPS that was 71% above the league average, right? Um, Albert Pujol is in his first 10 seasons with St. Louis was 72% over, over a course of a decade. Wow. Wow. Uh, number three, this one's not so positive, but Albert Pujols could have gone 0 for 598 when he left St. Louis for L.A. and still had a career batting average over 300. He's now at 296. That's amazing. Which, which kind of reflects your Artie Marino points. <laughs> but I get it. Listen, I get that guys can't give up. I do. I I, I don't begrudge let, it. Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. It's public knowledge. I'm not breaking any news here. He went through a much publicized divorce during the lockout. Mm-hmm. It, it came to light after many, many years oh, of, of yeah. marriage. Yep. You know, it could be. Could it be to a certain point that baseball is and hanging on for one more year is maybe his way of dealing with something? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me another way. I know some guys who have decided not to retire because they're paying off divorces. I thought that's what you were saying. It was a money thing. I don't know. Maybe. I if, no. I, if I, so, the more I don't even think. I think he's got enough money to settle with her. Yeah, you would and, think. Yeah. Um, maybe again for whatever reason. If you can do it and you don't want to give it up, I get it. I get it. Let's uh, let's grab a call or two. Let's go to sure. Mike. Mike, you're on with Ricky Ricardo and Glenn Mack now. Good morning. Hello, Mike. And Hello. Mike. Oh, there you, you there? are. Hey, yeah, we got you. Hi, Mike. Okay. Uh, yeah, the last time I talked to you, Glenn, was about those uh, great players, Michael Martinez and Delman Young. <laughs> oh. <laughs> two, and, uh, you're making a list of my least favorite Phillies. I have a few things to say about the where baseball is going. First, with the automated strike zone, I have a question. They and uh, Aaron Judge have the same strike zone. Hello, Rick. Did you get that? I, uh, I, he your dropped phone out, is, but I, yeah, you, yeah. His phone is getting weird. I got to let him go. But he basically um, said, with the automated strike zone, how do you account for the disparity of size, well, and specifically it, Aaron Judge. From what I'm told, the technology is much like the um, the shot thing that they have in tennis, which uh, adjusts itself to the batter in his crouch. So, no, the, it's a it's obvious. Look, it's going to be the letters to the knees. It's what it's supposed to be, Glenn, uh, from the letters to the knees, corner to corner of the plate. Now, the electronic strike zone will adjust, the framing of the strike zone will adjust 
once the batter is in his stance, in his whatever, if it's a crouch, whatever it may be, it's it, all you need is a split second when he is in that hitting position, the strike zone will be created by the electronic device. So, no, it, 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 obviously it's going to be different from the physical standpoint of an Aaron Judge as compared to a Jose Altuve, but in theory the strike zone is the same. It's from the letters to the knees, corner to corner on the plate. I'm assuming it, it uses a laser to quickly Correct. catch, you know, what, what is it now? I mean, it used to be the armpits. What is it now? The letters? The waist? The letters. What, what's mm-hmm. the, what's, what is really the top of the strike zone? You figure the top of the letters of the uniform okay. that, right to the knees. Okay. And it seems that doesn't seem hard to me. Uh, let's go to Rob in Doylestown. Morning, Rob. Morning, gentlemen. Ricky, we spoke about this on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for the record, Gene Locke wore number four. But uh, I got a feeling that Derek Call is going to develop into a very productive late bloomer who gets it all together just when the Phillies lose Harper. I really like the kid. I think he's got the right disposition for the town. I'd just put him at first and let him play. I'd bet against it. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, and he got another nice hit last night. He is a guy who came up. He turns 27 next week. I would go to expert witness Ricky Ricardo and ask you, Rick, generally, generally, what is the success rate of prospects who break into the major leagues around age 27? Um, ooh, that's a good question. Uh, in this particular case, in general, it's not a very high percentage. But here's my question here, and I'll ask both you guys. I, I'm watching a lot of halls at bats on an iPad as I'm calling a game. Okay, yeah. Is he this team's Darren Ruff? As in Darren Ruff with the Phillies or Darren Ruff with the Giants? No, as in Darren Ruff with the Phillies. Well, well, he, well yeah, maybe, because Darren Ruff was a flash in the pan. Well, they, that, that's, my, but he's that, still that's what I think is. He's still playing. Yeah, okay. So if that and I and I actually like that comparison and so Rob, if he's Darren Ruff, what he is to me is a marginal major league guy who you have on the bench and every once in a while you platoon him and he'll come up with an occasional big hit. Do you see him as more than that? I do, yes. Okay. I think he's, well, gonna, I think he's gonna develop. See, I, I see so. I, I see a lot of Mike Epstein. Don Mincher, Jim Spencer. You're going going way back in the day. Norm Cash. Wow. I love Norm Cash. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's, uh, you're, you're going back in time there. Well, I mean, those are the kind of guys that I kind of envision when I see him. You know, that occasional pop from the Walt Walt Droppo unavailable. (laughs) That's a little before my time. Yeah. Well, as long as we're going back. Ed, Ed Cranepool. Who was the original Met, right? Yes. They hung around forever. Well, there you go. You know what? Good recitation of old names. Uh, Greg in the Northeast is on with Ricky and Glenn. Hey, Greg. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Jay. Ricky, how you doing, guys? Thank you you for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, I have to – actually, I think I have a really good take on the Flyers, to be honest. Um, Right now, the Flyers haven't been in a long time a blue-collar fan base. It's organizational. It's organizations. Like, I want to know how many businesses own seats compared to the average family. Because- oh, hockey is a high-end ticket, There's, and it, it is everywhere, because um, hockey doesn't get the TV contracts that the other sports get. No, I mean, I understand that. 
But and then, like, okay, here we are. Hextel, he got us out of the capel from Holmgren, the, mm-hmm. the contract he gave out. And now we're right back in it with Fletcher, with Hayes and Ellis and JVR, where the one time that, well, they even said they want to be, they need high-end talent, want to be contenders sooner rather than later. Yet the one player that was high-end talent, you didn't go after now you signed five free agents. But what, is, and what does that have to do with the uh, the fan base? The the being a um, an affluent fan base. Oh, I was just that was my first. Thing. I just don't think that the Flyers are any longer a blue collar like hardworking fan base. It's more. See, I well, I disagree with hardworking. You think because people make money, they don't work hard? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying I, I believe that the fans that are actually at the game are less likely to be the blue-collar Philadelphia fan base that more than they're just tickets okay. giving out. Okay, this, this is my thought, and thanks for the call. My thought on overall, Philadelphia is not the blue-collar town it used to be. Philadelphia, the fan base is blue-collar in terms of its attitude. We expect our players to be blue-collar. This city, the economics of this city are far less blue-collar than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. I, I think, and Rick earlier said, it's a blue-collar town. I'm not speaking for you, Rick, but to me, when we say that, it's not that the average guy wakes up in the morning, gets a lunch pail, and go punches in and works a line for nine hours. It's that that is the attitude we have ingrained in us as a city. Correct. Uh, I, I think the economics, it, it's not a factory, you know, ridden town. Uh, you know, it's, it's not, as you mentioned, it's not what it was 23, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, it's not steel mm-hmm. mills anymore. Right. Uh, if things have evolved, but the mentality ingrained in our area is, is a blue collar mentality of hard work and an honest day's pay for an honest day's work, you know, that still exists. Now, does that fan go to NHL hockey, not just in Philadelphia, anywhere around the country or, or, or in Canada? That's a, that's a completely different question that could yeah. be debated. But, uh, you know, the, the attitude is, is what I agree with you uh, about there, Glenn. 215-592-9494. Ricky Ricardo, Glenn Mack. Now, Brian Westbrook coming up at 11 right here on 94 WIP. Those would be the Delphonics. It would be. And that uh, lead singer there, the falsetto, is William Poogie Hart. Lead singer, songwriter, um, behind that group, and the Philadelphia sound that was so big back in the 70s, passed away on Thursday at age 77. Um, I, I like that. There's so many great groups that came out of Philadelphia and, and listen, you lived this life. You, you, and I want to get to that in a minute, but when I, when I saw he passed away and I'm planning the show and I realized I'm working with you and I mean, I wanted to do a little tribute and having you here made it even uh, more poignant, but I think of, and fill in the gaps for me. I think of the roots, Hall and Oates, Jim Croce's going back a ways. Uh, Boys to Men, not my favorite, but they were big. Joan Jett, um, the Spinners, uh, the OJs, Archie Bell and the Drells. Who am I leaving out here? Well, Gamble and Huff. Were, oh, Gamble and Huff, yeah, great. They're well, the kings. Sure. Okay, yeah, th- those yeah. were the kings. The TSOP. Yeah. TSOP, the Sound of Philadelphia. You're talking about a an era, not a year or two. Glenn, it was an era. I, I played... For those that don't know, I was in. Um, I have a music background. My radio background is is music. Ricky has in... Ricky has several careers, in, including. I mean, those pipes are just great. So you do commercial work. 
Lots of uh, but you've done a lot of music work, including not just on the air, but you like you. We all we told the stories about you traveled with uh, Rick James back with, in the day. Oh, Prince, Rick James, uh, the Tramps, Earl Young and the Tramps. This is pure Philadelphia. There was an era where the greatest R and B slash dance music created anywhere in the world was coming out of the city of Philadelphia. Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, gosh, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mentioned the, uh, the the Tramps. You know, uh, everything that came out of the Sound of Philadelphia, the Gamble and Huff Studios, it, it, going back to the Delphonics, who then split up in 75, but they had Tom Bell, one of the great songwriters of all time, as part of that group. Musically, Philadelphia was the epicenter uh, Vince Montana, the Sal Soul Orchestra, for those that remember the uh, the great disco days and fascinating rhythms uh, in the city of Philadelphia, uh, for years, you know. And, and then after that, you know, you you you've got other. You you mentioned uh, the Roots, but uh, even into the hip hop era, it's not as strong as it used to be. But that was a good. Was well, because a it was this, it was a distinct sound. Yes, right they, as you say, like. I loved Hall and Oates, who are Philadelphia group. Okay, yeah. great blue-eyed soul. Yeah, you know what? Great way to put it. Um, and Jim Croce was that great songwriter who died. You know, he died at age, I think, twenty-eight. Like so damn Much young. Too young. Yeah, yeah. But all those groups that you said—the Spinners, the Stylistics, Archie Bell and the Drells, Harold Mill and the Blue Notes—all those. It was a sound. It was a. It was a movement. Uh, and by the way, what I didn't know, Rick, is that not only did you have career. Um, playing it, or, you know, uh, being part of it, but you actually were in the forefront that you're a singer. Let's take a listen. Chicago, <laughs> Chicago, hey! it's my kind of town when they lose. Cuando <laughs> pierde, Chicago. You like that, eh? Was that the double doink? That was the, that was the, uh, that was No Senor. Yeah. <laughs> That was uh, our buddy Cody Parkey. God, what a great day that was. Yeah, they had to escort me out of Soldier Field. They wanted to kill me that day. Are you kidding <laughs> well, me? We love you for it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you you did travel, and you told me yesterday, like, you, you had a story or two about... Uh, I don't know um, how many I can, you know... Yeah, I know there's <laughs> some you can't tell. <laughs> any, any that you can, any you can share? Uh, look, you know, my the first time I ever got to Philadelphia was courtesy of Gamble and Huff, and it was to watch the Sixers as part of the sweep. And I was a very, very young. Let, let me make this very clear. I was very young. I, was, I believe I was, I don't know, 19? And I was on the radio in New York and enjoying some success uh, at the number one rated station in New York at the time. Uh, but there was no basketball success in New York. It still isn't. Uh, so at me being an NBA fan <laughs> at the time, there was a car that was sent to pick us up in Manhattan, me and the program director at the time, Frankie Crocker, courtesy of the good folks at, uh, at TSOP in the Sound of Philadelphia. And we went down the turnpike to the Spectrum to watch the NBA finals between the Sixers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Some of the greatest times of my life Okay, were connected to all that music uh, that was produced out of Philadelphia. 
you know, it, 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 there was plenty that went around, if, if you know what I mean, Glenn. There was plenty for everyone yeah. back, at, <laughs> back in those days. All right? Yeah, when, it was a different era. Yeah, yeah and when, when guys like Teddy Pendergrass would come up to uh, Studio 54 in New York City, oh. and you would see, uh, you know, the, the I saw mob. saw that movie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll let you use your imagination from there, okay? What a great, rich life you've had, man. It's been fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. Do you have hair back then? Plenty of it. Major hair? Oh, yeah. People don't play. I used to have, like, the back in the day, and we're going back in the day, the, the, what, was, what was affectionately known as the Jufro going. Oh, I had that. Yeah. I had Is that, that whole Don Sutton look. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll make you a deal. I, uh, not, not publicly, but I, I, will, I will send you a picture of me with hair if you send me a picture of you. you got, I've got one right on my phone. That I'll okay, send great. Yeah. All right, and the next break, we'll do that, and we, yeah, we can compare notes. Put them on Twitter. Uh, I would be willing if Rick is willing. I got no issue with it. It's all, all right. part of the reality of my life, baby. All right, hold on. Let's uh, let's get Neil in the Northeast. You're on with Ricky and Glenn. Hey, Neil. Hey. Well, you got to obviously put Dick Clark in it with American Bandstand in Philly, you know, too. Of and uh, yeah. And, of course, Patti LaBelle, Eddie Fisher, Marion Anderson. Oh, you're going Boys into a whole different men. realm of it, but that's sure all valid. Yeah, yeah, some some great yeah, and uh, like Ricky, like you said, Gamble and Huff, boy, they they did some great songs, you know, like that, and and Teddy Pendergast too, you know, like as well. So uh, Philadelphia's been uh, legendary. It's legendary. What? Yep. It's it's yeah. a legendary music town. All those yeah. names you just mentioned. oh yeah. Neil, what do you got uh, in the fills? Well, uh, Ricky and and Glenn, I, I wonder what you think the likelihood of them making a deal, uh, maybe paint or a hop, you know, like for a picture, possibly an outfielder too, to maybe help them offensively. Well, we talked about it earlier, and we didn't actually get into a picture, but I'm would not mind if they particularly went after a closer. Um, I think you have two really good pitchers at the top of the rotation. If Gibson can find himself. Yeah, well, Gibson has actually Ranger, the last yeah, two times. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I, I, but I, I don't really trust the closer at this point. But Rick mentioned a very, I think, very smart idea for center field, and that is? Michael A. Taylor from the Kansas City Royals. Oh yeah, he Neil, was, Neil seems he, underwhelmed. He, he, but no, he Taylor has the speed and the athleticism and could yes. steal some bases too. So I, yeah, I think offensively he would help them and defensively. Yeah. You know, and remember, they don't have much in the cupboard to trade. If you're looking for a top-notch closer, who are you going to give up to get this closer? You're not going to steal one. And now I know. I'm hoping there's somebody who's on a you know the, yeah, the, the one year deal. It's a seller's market this year. There's not a lot of pitching out there. No, I know that. And there's a lot of teams that are in it in part because they added the wild card team. And part like I was looking last week, like you know the Orioles have some guys you could go for, right? And then all of a sudden the Orioles win what nine out of ten and they're at five hundred. Yeah, they and won. They, yeah, they won ten straight and they're yeah. you know they're they're a five hundred team and they're only what a couple of games out of the last wild card. Right, so they can't be sellers. So I think that it plays into the fact that if you are one of those sellers, the Royals you mentioned, the Nationals, you know, just one of those really bad teams, you will very much be able to uh, you know drive the market. Absolutely, I don't know if the Phillies have enough. 
I mean, you're not, you're not going to give up some someone that's in your everyday lineup. I keep hearing, well, Reese Hoskins. No, you're not going to give up Reese Hoskins. Number one, who's going to? Well, the, the guy I told you this, earlier, Derek yeah. Hall. There's your guy. You're not getting anything top notch for Derek Hall. No, it's not going to happen. No, no, no. He's saying Derek Hall is going to play the position. Oh, well, it, it, uh, no. I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me just go. I agree with you, Glenn. No. No. All right, Rick. You send me a picture of yourself. Hold on, let me find. I'm right this. in the middle there. Yeah, I know. Uh, so here's the deal. You know, you're a fine-looking young man there. <laughs> Who are all those uh, celebrities around? Who's that would have been the staff of uh, of the radio station. That was the okay, WBLS staff okay. in the early '80s. All right. So, Kyle, I'm going to find a picture of me and send it to you. And if you, Kyle, are able to kind of edit these down, so it takes out most of the other people sure uh and you can put put them on twitter is that we don't need a twitter poll because we're going to both look ridiculous oh come on do a twitter poll that says what who wore it better who's sexier yeah no (laughs) (laughs) that ain't happening rick wins okay (laughs) i concede on that one uh but you can put them up and we can embarrass ourselves i have a picture of me when i was 21 years old that i can Send you with the big glasses and the whole shebang. I'll get that going. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, really nice project. Brian Westbrook, who's, you know, the terrific, terrific player for the Eagles. Um, and um, Lizzie Van Arsdale, who uh, you and I both know through her Absolutely. TV work. Pros team, pro. Yeah, a pros pro. Team together to write a children's book. We're going to talk to them about that. Get Brian to talk a little bit about the Eagles next. Ricky Ricardo and Glenn Mack now. Two bald guys. <laughs> there you go. A little more of the Delphonics as we go out. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.